Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Wednesday Night Deep Dive, commonly referred to as Midweek Chaos. Uh, we, we appreciate everyone here. We appreciate you online. Uh, thank you for being here with us. If, uh, if you pick up the broadcast tomorrow night, we pre still appreciate you so much joining with us. Um, so let's, let's just jump into this thing. Uh, go ahead and find Isaiah chapter number 14, and I'll open us up with prayer. Father God, thank you, Lord, for this good church. Thank you for these crazy, crazy people that we put up with here. Uh, Lord, help me to teach us tonight. Help us to just glean from your word, O oh God, and, and um, just mature in the things of Christ. Thank you, Lord. We thank you for everybody online, Father God. In Jesus' name we said, amen, amen, amen. amen. So, um, turn to Isaiah 14, then we're going to go to uh, Genesis chapter 2. But found in the book of Isaiah is just, a, just a, like a one-sentence uh, description of what Satan did to the earth. Um, look what it says here in Isaiah 14, <clears throat> talking about Satan, verse number 17, who made the world like a wilderness and overthrew its cities and who did not allow his prisoners to go home. He made the world like a wilderness overthrew its cities and would not allow the prisoners to go home. This statement states volumes if we're aware of man's original design, uh, man's original assignment on earth. Go over um, to Genesis chapter number 2. Um, Genesis chapter number 2, or I'm sorry, go, go, let's go start Genesis chapter number 1, Genesis 1. Here was the original assignment for mankind on the earth. Look at Genesis 1, verse number 28, very familiar to us. God blessed them, talking about the man and the woman, Adam and Eve. God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it, and roll over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the sky, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Now go over to chapter 2 and verse number 15. Then the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to cultivate it and to keep it. Now, realize the whole earth was not the garden. And, you know, we've all seen the, uh, the little cartoons or especially or uh, the old movies about Adam and Eve in the garden and uh, they're romping through the bushes and through the trees and the tomato plants or, or whatever here. Um, 
God created the earth. He, he, he brought um, order out of chaos. And then God put what the Bible calls a garden. Let's call it his kingdom. He put that on the earth. Then he put the man in his garden kingdom to rule over it and to keep order into it. So God placed mankind into the garden kingdom of his own with an assignment. Number one, man was to cultivate that place. He was to put it under his own bondage, to keep it under his mastery. He was in charge. God was in charge of the man. Man was in charge of the garden, of the kingdom place of God. And he was to keep it. And here's what that word keep means. To guard over it and to watch over it against intruders. So when Adam fell, what he failed to do was guard God's garden kingdom against intruders. So we can understand the tragic event that took place when Adam allowed Satan to invade the garden. So we see here um, the tragedy in this, and, and I want you to see this. Here's what God equipped Adam with to keep the garden safe and to expand it. Look at verse, uh, chapter number 2, look at verse number 8. The Lord planted a garden toward the east in Eden, and there he placed the man whom he had formed. Out of the ground the Lord God caused to grow every tree that is pleasing to the sight and good for food, and the tree of life also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So we've, we've been through this before, so I'm not going to elaborate on it, but God created an earthen vessel out of the ground. And then he breathed his own life into that earthen vessel, and the earthen vessel became a living human being. And he put him in this garden, in his kingdom, to watch over it and, and to keep invaders out of it. Um, and there were only good things in the garden kingdom for man. There was only good things to see. There was only good things to eat. In other words, God created mankind to dwell in peace. God created mankind to dwell and operate in a kingdom of tranquility. That's why, listen, listen closely, when, when we are born again and we continue in the world's way of chaos, that's why our Christianity begins to break down because we were created to dwell in the tranquility, in the good of God's kingdom. Um, so God gave in the garden a tree that gave man eternal life in the kingdom, in the garden. Go clear to the other side of the Bible 
and find Revelation chapter number 22. We're going to go from the first book to the last book. Revelation chapter number 22. Now as long as man stayed at his post, keeping the garden, he would live forever because he would consume from the tree of life. And we can see what the garden was like by seeing what God will restore. If, if I found an old rust bucket in a, uh, in a junkyard and I restored it, then you would see in the restoration what the original was like. You got that? So in Revelation 21 and 22, we see a restoration of everything. So we can see what the original was like. Um, look at Revelation 22, verse number 1. Then he showed me a river of the water of life, clear as crystal, coming from the throne of God, and of the Lamb, and in, in the middle of its street. On either side of the river was the tree of life, bearing twelve kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit every month, and the leaves of the tree were for the healing of of the nations. This this is watch. Here is that's the eternal promise for the redeemed. That this belongs to us. It was the original plan for created man and it will be his uh, final plan for, for mankind. So now watch this. So here's the eternal promise for the redeemed. Watch verse three. There will no longer be any curse. There were no law. We weren't created to live under the curse. That's why we suffer under the curse, you see. Now, man went from being master over the garden to being subject to the wilderness. Now, um, again, we've all seen the cartoons. God throws Adam and Eve out of the garden, and they run into a briar bush. And that, that represents the wilderness. Listen, here's, here's the wilderness. Outside of the garden kingdom of God, man would become subject to sin and sickness and cancer and poverty and hunger and depression and oppression. That's the wilderness. Man was created to live out of the wilderness in the kingdom of God. And now he was subject to all these things. So since the fall, here, here becomes the question of the ages. What would be the answer for an earth created to be man under man's care and rule that's suffering under the weight of the wilderness? Well, Romans 8, 19 says... For the anxious longing of the creation waits eagerly for the revealing of the sons of God. In other words, what all creation is waiting for is for redeemed mankind to step back up and do the original position that we were created, which is to expand the garden kingdom of God. Okay? Now, 
having said all that, that was just a foundation here. Having said all that, go to John chapter number 12. John chapter number 12. So Jesus takes on flesh and is birthed into the wilderness. But he's incarnate. He, he doesn't have the stained sin of Adam in his lineage. Okay? So what, he, what God does is create another original Adam. He creates an earthen vessel. Not of the line of Adam. The sin stain is not there. So Jesus was put into the exact same position of authority that the original Adam was, okay? Jesus was sent into the earth where Satan already was for the purpose of reestablishing God's kingdom on the earth. Now, I want you to, we're going to get into the meat of this. I want you to see this here. But the first thing he would have to do is redeem he would have to salvage, salvation, man from Adam's curse. Um, realize, number one, we were born in the wilderness. It wasn't a briar bush. Okay? It was sickness and disease and poverty and depression and, and oppression. That's, that's the world that we were born into. Um, and yet, it's terrible for us because we were never created to dwell in that kind of an atmosphere. So, Jesus took on flesh without Adam's lineage. Therefore, there was no curse. Incarnate. God in flesh. He comes to uh, John, who is baptizing at the Jordan. And he is baptized by John. John argues with him. You should be baptizing me. Uh, this, is, this is a sinner's baptism. And Jesus says, you'll baptize me. And he takes on the sins of the world. He doesn't have the sin of the world in him. He has the sins of the world on him. Yes. Okay? Then immediately after that, the Father baptizes Jesus in the Holy Spirit. So... What is the next thing that happens? What does the Holy Spirit do to Jesus? Drives him into the wilderness. He didn't drive him into the bushes. <laughs> yes, he was by himself. Yes. Um, uh, uh, except for the fact that angels ministered to him there. But he was driven into the realm of depression and oppression and cancer and sickness and all these evils that infected the world. So Satan tempted Jesus to listen to another voice just like he did with the first Adam. And Jesus passes the Adam test and then he redeems mankind. Through the act of salvation, Jesus begins to the expansion of the garden kingdom of God 
again. Okay? We, we need to realize that Jesus did not redeem us in the wilderness. He redeemed us out of the wilderness. You see? The, the worst mistake we can make is to think, okay, now I'm saved and nothing's changed. You see? He redeemed us from the wilderness. Okay? And, and uh, he did this by giving the church the same Holy Spirit connection uh, to the kingdom that, that he had. Um, and we need to remember the kingdom of heaven will always outpower the wilderness. Amen? And, and here's how Jesus said it would work. Watch this. Um, and, and I'll refer back to this after I've read it. Uh, John chapter 12, verse number 20. Now there came some Greeks among those who were going up to worship at the feast. These then came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida of Galilee, and began to ask him, saying, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Now, it wasn't Jews that came to the door. It was Greeks that came to the door. This is important we understand this. Philip came and told Andrew. Andrew and Philip came and told Jesus. And Jesus answered them saying, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. So the Greeks, not the Jews, came and they want to see Jesus. And his response was, now it's time for me to be glorified. He said, if a grain of wheat abides alone, it's just a grain of wheat. But if it falls in the ground and dies, then it produces much more of itself. Now, I want you to go to another scripture. I want you to go to Joel chapter number 2. If you find... Uh, Daniel, and then go to Hosea, and then go to Joel. Joel chapter number 2. You can thank me for that little tidbit later, okay? <laughs> Joel chapter number 2. Say amen when you find that. Amen. Joel chapter number 2. Now, The Holy Spirit pours out to believers on the day of Pentecost. And Peter stands up because everybody thinks, you know, they're drunk and, you know, they're acting insane. Peter stands up and tells the people exactly what is happening. He says that they're seeing what was prophesied in the book of Joel. Now, here's what happened when Jesus fell into the ground and died. Remember he said, I can't see the Greeks today. If a grain of wheat abides by itself, the Greeks will never see me. But if this grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, then something tremendous is going to happen. Here's what happened when Jesus fell into the ground and died. 
Joel chapter 2, verse number 23. Joel prophesies, So rejoice, O sons of Zion, and be glad in the Lord your God, for he has given you the early rain for your vindication. There's two rains that Joel talks about, the former and the latter rain. And I have heard, hi Pastor D, I have heard uh, way too many songs about send us the rain, and I've heard way too many prayers about give us the rain, we're just waiting for the rain, and, and all that type of stuff. Joel made a prophecy about the rain. He said there would be two. There would be a former rain. There, there would be a latter rain. And here he says what the former rain is for. So rejoice, O sons of Zion. And Zion is a picture of the church. And be glad in the Lord your God, for he has given you the early rain for your vindication. So watch. Is a single rain in one place for our vindication or our salvation. You see? The former rain was one rain in one place for our salvation. Okay? But here's what happened afterward on the day of Pentecost. Keep on going. And... He has poured down for you the rain, the early rain, the former rain, and the latter rain as before. So watch this. Watch. The, um, the former rain was the planting season. You need a small amount of rain to germinate seed. And then after the latter rain, when it rained everywhere, in abundance, then the full harvest would come up. Jesus said that the Greeks could not see him yet because he was the former rain. He said, but when this vessel falls in the ground and dies, then you're going to see Jesus where Brent sits. You're going to see Jesus where D sits. You're going to see Jesus where Idra sits. You're going to see Jesus where Bob sits. You see? He said, when this seed falls into the ground and dies, the Greeks are going to see Jesus. Cambridge is going to see Jesus. Everybody's going to see Jesus. And your family, oh, let's narrow it in. Your family is going to have opportunity to see Jesus. Hmm. Here's what God promised would happen when the former and the latter rain appeared at the same time. Verse number 19. Hmm, you're going to like this. The Lord will answer and say to his people, Behold, I am going to send you grain new wine, and oil, and you will be satisfied in full with them. And I will never again make you a reproach among the nations. Now watch this. Hmm. Here is what Joel was prophesying. Wherever the former and the latter rain happened, 
there would be a dispelling of the wilderness and a recreating of the garden. Hmm? The wilderness would be dispelled. The garden would be recreated. That's why all creation is waiting for the revealing of all the sons and the daughters of God. So God promised three things would happen. And the, the horrible, horrible thing that has happened in the church is we have went to an altar or however we did it and got saved and went back to our life. And we go to church, we sing some songs, and we go back to our life. When God says that we are given new life, new purpose, new abilities. Watch this. Watch. Um, God promises three things would be given. We, um, Jody and I, a uh, few years back, quite a few years back, we bought a brand new motorhome. I love that motorhome. River loved it even more than I did. But um, something went bad on it. I forget what it was, to be honest with you. But something went bad on it. And I'm like, this thing's going to cost me a fortune. Going to cost me a fortune. So I'm, I need to find out, you know, uh, when I bought it, the exact date and all that kind of stuff. So I... I go down to the motorhome and I'm looking through all the paperwork that I never bothered to look at before. I never bothered reading the book. In the book, I found something called a warranty. Hmm. And I found out that all my problems were already covered by this warranty. It changed my life, Bob. <laughs> Definitely changed. I would have took the thing to a dealer, got it fixed, paid an exuberant amount of money for the maintenance on it, even though it was already covered. How much does this describe the church? Or I could have said something stupid like, yeah, it's in the warranty, but I don't believe I can have it. Come on. Come on. Come on. Hmm. Here's what Joel says will happen to those that experience the former rain for their salvation. Hmm. And could I just how many's ever sang the song "Let It Rain" or heard the prayer? You know, Lord, send us the rain. Could I? Could I just give you an eye opener? <laughs> we are the rain. Yes. Yes. 
we're the rain. We're singing for ourselves to show up. Huh? My goodness. How many times does God say, oi vey? It's just, huh? Now watch. Here's what God says he will send to those under the former and the latter reign. He says, number one, look at uh, verse 19. Behold, I'm going to send you grain, new wine, and oil. It's in our warranty. But sometimes we haven't claimed the warranty. He said, number one, I'm going to send you grain. Biblically, grain represents material blessings that we need in this life. So let me ask you, is your purpose and intent of heart since you have been saved to expand the kingdom garden of God just like our original purpose is laid out, or did you just go back to life? Because God says, for those that are involved, for those that serve me in this garden kingdom and its expansion, I promise them material blessings that we will need in this life. I knew... Uh, of a pastor, never uh, worked a manual labor job in his life, very, very wealthy, and he said, uh, and God just miraculously, miraculously blesses him, and he said, you know, he said, I couldn't do what I do without at least five hours of prayer a day, and I think, Who's got time to do that? And then in my great wisdom, I thought, me, if I wasn't so involved in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm? Yeah. God said, if you are part of this, I will, first thing I promise you, is I will send you grain. I will send you every material thing that you need in this life because you will be dwelling in the garden kingdom of God. He said the second thing, I'm going to send you new wine. Um, last, last scripture, go to um, Deuteronomy chapter number... 11, Deuteronomy 11, new wine, and, and let me just say this, I remember, oh, I don't know, a good 20 years ago, we had a move of God, um, it started before that, but I kind of flowed into it back then but remember the 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 financial move of God that happened like 20 30 years ago um, we began to realize that God wanted us to be blessed and we all jumped on that train and we were actually blessed but then we bought nine cars and fishing boats and you know we forgot what the blessing was for is, is what we did. 
See? Now, now watch this. Um, new wine represents new moves of the Holy Spirit. And God promises that we'll receive instruction for new moves of the Spirit. So why, why would we need, why would the church need new moves of the Holy Spirit? Because every generation has to deal with a wilderness that the previous generation never understood. You see, we're dealing with stuff right now in the church that when I first got saved, we never thought we'd have to deal with that kind of stuff. You know, there's demonic activity and issues going on now. My goodness, we, we never even thought of that. And, and look what Deuteronomy chapter 11 says. Um, God says, uh, Deuteronomy eleven twenty six. See, I'm setting before you today a blessing and a curse. The blessing... If you listen to the commandments of the Lord your God, which I am commanding you today, and the curse, if you do not listen to the commandments of the Lord your God, but turn aside from the way which I am commanding you today. He's, he's stressing that point today by following other gods which you have not known. You see, um, I... I like to track Facebook because you can always, you know, if you want to know what the devil's doing, jump on Facebook. You know? It, yeah, it, it's true. And, and I hear Christians that is supporting stuff that would have made our uh, saved ancestors turn over in their grave, you know? Um, some of the some of the junk that they're agreeing with, um, it's it's just insane. And what that is is demonic activity that the church has never had to deal with before. And what they failed to do is seek God for a new move of the Holy Spirit to battle these kind of things. Because um, I forget. Jody, if you was up here, I'd ask, and you could probably remember, but um, there, there was a, an old preacher that said one day, he said, here's something I've had to learn. He said, you can never step into the same river twice. You can't do it. Even if you're at the same spot, you can't step in the same river two seconds after you just stepped into it. It's a different river. You see, and and uh, we we still think we can use words like "dude" and "awesome" and get young people to come into the church. Yeah, when when I was young, all you had all the preacher had to do was say "dude" and "awesome," and it's like, yeah, we want to go eat pizza at his house, you know. <laughs> but believe me, that river has flowed by. Yeah. Hmm. So God promises, I will take care of you financially. That will never be an issue. That will never be a problem. If you're doing my work, that will never be an issue. I will always be there. I will always take care of you. Secondly, 
I will always be there to give you a brand new move of the Holy Spirit to deal with what you're dealing with right now. Hmm. Here's the third thing he says. I promise you oil. Oil always represents fresh anointings of the Holy Spirit. And an anointing is a manifestation of the kingdom of heaven that is released in the wilderness of the earth. He said, I promise you, I promise you, I promise you that I will always anoint you to do this work. When, when the Holy Spirit brings about a new move, the church will have to operate in a brand new anointing that it hasn't operated in before because a new move takes a new anointing. And, and there's times throughout history that, that God, the anointing had to move in different ways. Uh, the Great Awakening of the 1800s it, it just threw the whole world into turmoil because it had never happened before. It was a brand new anointing. Uh, the Azusa Street Revival in 1906. It, it, turned, it split denominations. It, it, it just brought in a great harvest. The healing revivals of the 50s and the 60s. It was, uh, there was a different anointing for a different move of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to come in for a landing here. This isn't, this isn't a long one. I want you to think about all this. You and I were born in the wilderness of Satan's kingdom. And wilderness wasn't a briar bush. It was cancer. It was depression. It was oppression. It was death and disease. And that's the world. That's the wilderness that we were born into. But then we were redeemed from the wilderness and we were transferred back to the garden of God, back to the kingdom of God. And our purpose is the same as Adam's purpose was, and that's to expand the garden wherever we are. I want you to stand with me. Lord God, we have heard what you wanted us to hear tonight. So Lord, tonight we declare grain for the work of the church to be done. We declare new wine instruction of the Holy Spirit in the church. We declare fresh oil anointing to manifest kingdom things everywhere we go in this earth. Lord God, we're asking that you empower us as we cause the kingdom to expand in our homes and in our families and in our cities and our children and our grandchildren. Lord, the wilderness is ours to demand it's dispelling. Yes, Lord. Lord God, grain and new wine instruction and fresh oil anointing, Lord God. 
as we expand the kingdom in our atmosphere. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen, amen. You got anything, Rip? You can be seated for a second. When uh, he was uh, teaching some of that, some, some things jumped up to me that I want to give you real quick. Uh, in Luke chapter 5, Jesus gives them a parable. And uh, a lot of us are trying to live in the old. And not uh, move forward with what God... That was, a, that was a forward message. That was a, that was a call for you to move forward and not backward. In Luke chapter 5 at the bottom of the, of the page... He said, no one sews a new, sews a piece of new material on an old one. Otherwise, the old, the new would tear, for the new piece does not match the old. (laughs) Then he goes on and says, no one puts new wine in old wineskins. Otherwise, the new wine will burst the old wineskin and it'll be spilled and the wineskin will be destroyed. The tragedy in that it's not the spilling of the wine. It's the destruction of the wineskin. <laughs> See, when, when, they, when wine begins to settle, the reason they would, remember, they had those big leather pieces. After, after a while, if you've had leather at any, things to work on at any bit of time, for you to make that thing last, what do you have to do to it? How do you keep it pliable? You oil it. Well, a lot of us, what we, we do is we won't see a next move of God because we have not allowed ourselves to continue to be pliable. And so when the new comes in, what happens when new wine is put into those old leather wineskins, as the new begins to ferment, it begins to produce gas. And as it produces gas, it begins to stretch See, if we want to continue to live in a wilderness, I love what he said. He said the garden kingdom. The word garden there actually means an an enclosed place. So Adam was put inside an enclosed area into a kingdom. It It was an enclosed area. And so what happened is he moved in and then he let something in that place that was not supposed to be. And we are so bad to let things in that aren't supposed to be there. The serpent was a beast of the field, not a beast of the garden. See, when we begin to let things in our place that are not supposed to be there, then what happens is our wineskin starts to draw up. And it begins to dry up, and we get used to the way it's always been. I just kept hearing, moving forward, move forward, move forward. The whole time you ministered tonight. He says, what happens is you put new wine into old wineskins, otherwise the new wine will burst the old wineskin. And it will be spilled and the wineskin will be destroyed. But new wine must be put into new wineskins. That's just a mentality. Your wineskin is going to be your thoughts about the next move of God and where you're going to go with it. And if you're going to be pliable and allow yourself to stretch a little bit, 
Allow yourself to be pulled a little bit. Allow yourself to get uncomfortable a little bit. Allow yourself to, as, as the Spirit begins to do more and release more, that you're going to allow yourself to stretch. Because we can either stay in the, in the wilderness because even, oh, even moves of God become a wilderness when it's time to move on. Well, that's why we had such, you hear it all the time. Oh, I remember back in the old days. We would have this move of God. And we back in the old, and what it is, is they're longing for it. Look, they're longing for what used to be. He said, but put new wine, but new wine must be put into new wineskins and both are preserved. And no one having drunk old wine immediately desires the new, for he says, the old is better. You all may not have got this out of, but those few words you said made me think. I mean, let me read that to you again out of the Passion. Mm. He said, yet when you say the old ways are better and refuse to even taste the new wine that I bring. And refuse to even taste. Don't allow yourself to become stuck in a wilderness when God is moving you into the new moves of the kingdom. Don't allow yourself to get dry. Don't allow yourself to not be stretched. Don't look at something because it's weird to you and say, this can't be God. Because there's been a lot of places have moved, have missed moves of God because they didn't allow themselves to be stretched. And so they're still over here in a wilderness and they're wondering why God's not moving back here anymore. This is the way it's always been. This is the way it's always been done. This is the way it is. Because what happened was when the new wine began to expand, they refused to expand with it. I'm just giving you what I got out of tonight. And when I get stuck on it, don't be, I keep hearing the words moving forward. Moving forward. That was what your message was today. It was a, it was a declare. It was a call. If it has to start on a Wednesday night, it starts on a Wednesday night. But I believe that there was, that was the call that I heard from God moving forward. So expect change. Expect things to be different. Expect God to be speaking to you in ways that you never dreamed possible and you thought there is no way that five years ago you would have said, that's not God. <laughs> that, that just last year you would have said, that's not God. Expect it. Moving from a wilderness... And I, I, when I'll never forget when I said that, when they said that to me. Do you, you do know why God put Adam and Eve out of the garden, right? It wasn't punishment. It was out of love. Because he refused them to risk staying where they were for eternity. Because had they eaten the tree of life after the knowledge of God, they would have stayed in that spot for eternity. 
And they can never return to the garden kingdom that God had promised them if they would have stayed in that. We would have missed Jesus. Man, I hope I'm getting through to you what, I'm, what, what I got out of this. But I'm telling you, moving forward, allow yourself to stretch. Allow yourself to expand. You're going to hear us say things that you're going to go, mm, I don't know. <laughs> you know, I don't, I, don't, I don't believe a whole lot of the things I used to believe. And I accept a whole lot of things that I would have never accepted 20 years ago. It's because I decided I'm going to be a wineskin that stretches. Amen? You need to decide that. Man, thank you. Gave me a whole lot. <laughs>